will fix you. Hello, and welcome to We Will Fix You. Return to you having looped around the solstice with a jaunty pirouette. Most delicate. Yes. And this fresh, succulent, diurnal slab of prime calendar brings with it fresh maladies also. Hello. Yes. Your questions. Your questions which you can send to us at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com. Tonight, soothing those maladies, I am Roger Hart, a robot chiropodist. This is Ms. Lucy Boys, a collection of meats with ideas above their station. We're wearing a hat. And Mr. Dave Convery, Minister for Cranking It. Really cranking it in parks. It's been a huge step up from the Ministry of Defence. After the festive season, we have, of course, a question about television. It begins. There's so much good TV these days that it's impossible to keep up with everything people say is good. How should I decide which programmes are worthy of my time? Hmm. Mr. Connery. This is like a, a sort of televisual version of FOMO, the idea that other people are having a better time than you, um, and fear of missing out on that good sociable time, but obviously with the major advantage of avoiding people, places and things. And I sympathise, I do, because when I was growing up there was only one one good TV show. Uh, it was called iClavDivs. It was 13 hours long, and every year, every year it would run as a repeat and people would settle down to watch the only good TV show. And they would fill the rest of their time watching the news and stockpiling canned ham. And generally everyone was pretty happy. People would go to work and they would say, did you see the Clavdivs? And they'd be like, yes, it's the same as last time. I'm very happy. And that was that. Now, however, a whole bunch of Johnny-come-latelys have, have decided to get in on the Clavdivs action and they've made really long shows. And basically, how dare they? God damn them all. So I was thinking about this and I briefly thought that it would be nice if me and uh, my partner had more shows to watch together. But it turns out that we don't actually have enough time to, do, to watch purely the things that we both enjoy, let alone the stuff that we would both watch separately that the other doesn't like. So, what to do? Up your standards pretty fucking drastically. If you don't really, really like something, just dump it, don't carry on, don't care uh, about watching it anymore. And either you will end up with absolutely nothing to watch, in which case you've gone too far, dial it back a little bit, uh, or you'll hit a natural equilibrium point where your free time is full of the shows you like and the other things that you do, because I assume that this is the, the plan is not to just watch television the whole time. And that's, that's pretty good, right? You, you, just, you just skim off the cream, watch that, not literally, and that's, that's it, that's great. But the, the, the actual problem that you're addressing here is, is the feeling that you're missing out on other better things. And that's a bit harder to address, but what, what I find works is, is understanding that time is finite, that there are many things that, you're val that, that you value. Guard your time jealously for the bits you really care about. You know, reinforce that. Think, oh, I appreciate that thing. I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that thing. You are not, on your deathbed, going to regret missing an episode of EastEnders. 
but also celebrate the fact that we live in a time of ridiculous superabundance catering to almost every taste uh, on a whim, on demand, pretty much constantly, at least here in the West. Because for most of human history, we worked in a field for 25 years until we dropped dead, or we were carried off by a wyvern to feed its young. Too much choice is better. And would you recommend watching this eye clavdives? If you enjoy Derek Jacobi looking just ever so concerned about things, then yes. I mean, if it was, if it was good enough for everyone in Britain from 1975 until 1990, it's good enough for you. Yeah, a lot of things fall into that category. Spam. That's what they were collecting, the spam. They were saving that for you. The luncheon meat. Yeah. That's touching. The tasty tin time. Yeah. So this this is an interesting one. Something something being worthy of your time is kind of an interesting concept. And as Mr. Combrey alluded to in our wyvern-prone past, a relatively new one. And humans are really, really bad at valuing their time. This is, there, are, there are studies upon studies about this. That's why life hacks, like 80% of them, will require far more fiddling, tinkering, and making things out of a pair of tights or general cognitive load than they could ever conceivably pay you back. It's why like insufferable scarf people giving budget travel tips will get you to save a fiver by taking a 13-hour diversion and changing planes in fucking Newark. Like, this, this, people are bad at valuing their time. And there are some ways of counteracting this. Um, money. The, yes. But also the dream of money. So one of the things in business land that I tell people to do is know their day rate. Now this is not, freelancing is not available to everyone. It's an incredibly privileged brain hack, but it can kind of be useful to think in terms of, will this activity ever pay me back more than, you know, the equivalent amount of freelancing time? It's a useful potential yardstick if you're in that position. Later. Would I spend 15 pounds of time on this? Yes. Well, I've got a friend who claimed to change to their um, change their electricity supplier every year, and they were explaining this to me, and uh, the just kind of I was progressively more and more horrified at the idea of interfacing with those systems that often. And I thought, well, how much do you save? And they said, I think they said it, it was something in the ballpark of twenty quid, and I was like, oh, twenty quid a month, all right? No, 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 probably about twenty quid overall each time. And I, I've, I've, I've never wanted to like proper sort of. Hollywood 50s melodrama backhand slap someone so much. Mm. Just, fuck's sake. Um, but again, the day rate solution is a bit magic thinking and disingenuous. But what you can do is you can sort of benchmark against other activities for whether something is worth your time. So a simple heuristic that you might like to employ is picking something you do and find useful. It's got to be useful, but don't super enjoy. Not something you hate, but something that will never like top your spare time to-do list. For me, this might be ironing or finishing a kind of theoretically exciting but actually quite plodding book I've been meaning to read, or um, doing something I kind of want to do but that it's a faff to do, I don't know, going to see a museum that's really out of the way, those kind of things. Um, and when, you, when you're watching something, ask yourself, am I getting more out of this show than doing yardstick thing? And if you're not, bail. I, I think that's the key. Don't choose which shows are worth your time. That way lies optimization, decision paralysis, and madness. Just put them in order, it doesn't matter which. Alphabetical will do, it's basically random, chronological, um, in order of how annoying the friend that recommended it was. I don't, I don't really care. Um, put them in a rough order and just work through them and bail on the ones that suck. This is, this is, because in addition to being bad at our value in our time, we get glued to the frickin' surface of the sunk cost fallacy. This, 
this idea that rather than making rational decisions, we carry on doing things we've sunk time or emotional effort into. We are less likely to um, change away from a course of action that we, we perceive we've sunk effort into. So you'll keep watching that fucking show that isn't really paying you back. If you can learn to kill your sunk cost fallacy, if you can learn to bail early by either kind of asking yourself if it's better than this other thing you could be doing, or you could you could set it artificially. You could set yourself a hard 15-minute cutoff for starting any new show. Stop, get up, make a cup of tea, and ask yourself, am I genuinely enjoying this? And if not, watch something else. It's a bit artificial, it's a bit weird, but you could totally do it. Um, and that way, rather than prioritizing which to watch, you just start burning through the damn things um, and being more uh, more aggressive about it. Oh, and if someone tells you that you need to watch more than, let's say, two episodes or something before it really gets going, ignore them. In fact, consider remonstrating with them quite physically, perhaps with a cheese grater. These people are not your true friends. These people want you to watch badly made, self-important hogswash. I suppose the other approach is to solve the problem at the other side. So you can burn through the list by conquering your sunk costs and just being super selective. Or, as you say, because um, you're trying to keep up with things people say are good, you could just get fewer recommendations from fewer people. Just as Mr. Combrey talked about being more and more selective with your TV standards, you could be more selective with your people standards and just prune your friends until you have a manageable number of TV recommendations. I mean, not literally. You don't need to sort of get secateurs all up in their business. I, I just mean cut them out of your lives. It they depends. get to keep their ears. If anyone tells you to want, watch the relaunched Will and Grace or Razan, you can probably take secateurs to them. I don't think a jury would convict. Yeah, or, you know, and anyone who's on team, it gets a lot better at episode six. Like, you know, that's, that's just, that's, that's worth a couple of fingers coming off. This boy. So, um, we're going to throw a small amount of money at this problem, because it sounds like you are short on time, and often money is a good thing to exchange for time. So you will need to do a small amount of time investment up front. Sit down for a few minutes and think about the characteristics of TV shows that you've enjoyed in the past. Uh, make a list of shows you've liked. Figure out what it is about them that interest or engage you. And ideally, after you've done this, you should be able to come up with a short articulation of the component parts of TV that work for you. Like, I enjoy shows about human relationships with good jokes, cute animals which aren't mean in their humour. Or, I like gritty drama or a Scandinavian done a murder and there's lots of tension and jumpers. Ancient dudes with complex feelings. If that's what you like, go and watch The Clavdivs. You might also want a long list of shows that you're considering watching but you're not sure about, so you can filter out stuff that you know that you're just definitely not going to watch because you don't fancy it. Now, Amazon have this wonderful service called The Mechanical Turk, which allows you to pay actual people mere fractions of cents to complete tasks that require human intelligence. So you're going to take your list of specifications and your long list of potential TV shows, maybe with a few examples of shows you've enjoyed, and pay other people basically no money to watch the potential shows and rate them on how well they match up to your criteria. So now you've got a list of shows that some people you paid nearly no money think you are likely to personally enjoy. Take that curated shortlist, go and watch it. Oh, that's pretty good. That is how it is done. By exploiting the labour of other humans. So everything is done, isn't it? Hmm. That's how this whole thing works. I suppose if you wanted to get, like, kind of weird about it, you could compare that to your Netflix recommendations or something and take out some kind of bizarre average. Mm. Yeah. This is why I have separate Netflix recommendations for normal and when I'm sick. Because I'll watch any... It's a different world. ...any garbage when I'm sick. Mm. My partner keeps using my Netflix profile and I get recommended some things. This has happened to me with YouTube. I get a lot of stuff from lifestyle channels now. 
Which is fine. I mean, before, I just looked like a very, very boring middle-aged man recommendations. It's all about woodworking and cinematography and Kurosawa films. Those are lifestyles. Samurai carpenter lifestyles? That's a lifestyle. It certainly is. Certainly a lifestyle choice. Hashtag lifestyles. Well, with that fixed, I'm afraid we'll have to leave you. Earlier today, as I've got to take Mr. Congaree to his nude semaphore class. It's his New Year's resolution. He looks so perky. I'm very excited. Don't worry. Not like that. You can write to us with your problems, your questions, nothing about the semaphore, at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com. Music